Welcome to Just Sayin', a podcast produced by and recorded at Tri-State Worship Center. Now here are your hosts, Allison Gardner and Pastor Terry Wagner. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the Just Sayin' podcast. My name is Allison Gardner. Hello, Allison Gardner. Hello. I'm I, here I do with... that every episode, you know? <laughs> he interrupts my introduction of him. <laughs> well... <laughs> No, wait a minute. Humility ceases to exist once it's announced. Mm. So I can't say it's because gotcha. I'm, I'm humble. humble. Yeah. So, yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. It's Tired. all right. I'm here with PT, <laughs> Pastor Terry Wagner. Hello, everyone. And we're also here with our, I was trying to come up with another clever name to give you, yeah. Tyler, like a, besides sound magician and sound engineer, because we've used that one too. Well, I know, so you were, you were trying, which I means you didn't trying, have any luck. I was trying, but I couldn't. Uh, it was just. Just Tyler. Yeah, just Tyler. But I mean, hey, that works for me. Yeah, yeah, it's good. Tyler Staten, our sound man. There we go. Have you used that thank one? Thank you. Thank you. It's kind of like, classic. I like it. I like it. Um, <laughs> so I'm going to say something real controversial right now, right oh off boy, the bat. Right Uh-oh. off the bat. So he identifies as a sound man. Oh, not a <laughs> sound woman. Sorry. You went there. Yeah. I did. I did. A man and a woman. <laughs> I'm a sound person. Uh, wasn't that the craziest? Yes. <laughs> I can't even believe somebody that calls himself a minister would have even oh done that. It was just like one of those face palming moments where you're just like, what just happened? Yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, yeah, that if anybody does... wants to know what that's about, just Google yeah. amen and a, a women. Amen and, you'll find and a out. women, yes. So it kind of, I mean, it does tie into it what does. we're talking about today. True um, so this season, season three, we've been talking about the family and we've covered what the nuclear family is and then the father's role in the family. And so this week we are tackling um, the mother's role, <laughs> <laughs> which I am super excited about, but you know. I'm, I'm a little nervous. You're a little nervous? A little. Yeah. It's okay. It's a... I think it's a heavy topic it is. because of how it's been manipulated. I think you know? that I think that it has been diluted mm-hmm. to the point where it has kind of you don't even recognize it. Yeah, it's anymore. a hot button yeah. topic when it shouldn't be at all. Um so just saying. Just saying for real. So um if you haven't listened to those previous episodes, I always encourage you to go back and listen to those cuz we really laid the foundation and build upon what we've talked about in the past. See, a lot of people think we don't know what we're doing, mm. but we do. We do. Just saying. It. Well, you, gu- <laughs> you guys do. That was product <laughs> placement right there. Just saying. We need to get merch. We like, do. Like, for real. Like, T-shirts yes, and hats. Yes, and mugs. Absolutely. And then when we get, like, the video stuff, we can have our mugs. Right. Let's say, just saying, yeah. sitting Ooh, on the table. I yeah, like it. It'll be good. I like it. Yeah, send us your donations, guys. Like we can we can use this to come up with stuff. No, For I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh man. So my first question for you, PT. Yes. Is what was God's intention in creating women? I have no idea. <laughs> I've been is that asking be your that answer question. To question? <laughs> I've been married for forty two years and I've been asking myself. Uh, I've been trying to figure out women for a long time. T-W-A-G-N-E-R at gmail.com. If we look at this thing called the Bible, Mm. I know, it's crazy. Um, The the shortest answer is that God created a woman to complete man Mm. because he created everything 
Sun and the Moon and Jupiter and Mars, something, I can't remember the name of that song. <laughs> um, and he said, that's good, that's good, that's good. But then he created man and said, that's not good that man would be alone, mm. right? Mm -hmm. And so because of that, I think, Genesis 2.18, says it's not good for man to be alone. So he created a woman as, as his helper, his helpmate. Uh, Genesis 2.18, that next verse says, it's not good for the man to be alone, so I will make a helper suitable for him. So after God creates the woman from Adam's rib, Adam proclaims, this is now bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh, and she shall be called woman, for she was taken out of man. Some people would even go as far as saying, you have man and then woman. Woman is a man with a womb. So, because she was taken from a man. So when we read that first description, uh, I, I think that the answer to the question is that God created woman to complete man because we were all created for relationships, the, the vertical ones as well as the horizontal ones. And while Adam had dominion over everything, could name everything, the hippopotamus, the elephant, you ever wonder why he named him what he named him? Mm. Uh, you know, like, why didn't he name a horse a cat? I couldn't tell you. Oh, oh. So after he got done with all that, <laughs> God realized that, that Adam could not have the fulfillment of a relationship there. And that's why I think that's, he said, okay, it's not good now for a man to be alone. I'm going to create a woman. And so um, everything about that passage points to the fact that, that men and women created equal in the eyes of God, uh, that the, it says that the woman was suitable, not inferior to, but suitable for the man, that she was created from him and she becomes one flesh with him. Mm -hmm. if, if, we, if we want to take what the Bible says uh, as something credible. Yeah. We should probably do that. I, we, think, yeah. I think. I mean, just saying. That'd be smart, you know. Just, <laughs> just, just saying. Just saying, yeah. Um, what yeah, do you think? That's good. What's your thought? I agree. Uh, I think a good word to use. I like the word helpmate because it really, it, it shows the woman's role in a marriage relationship we talked about in the last episode, mm -hmm. how um, God created men to lead their families. And so the woman is meant to help her husband um, and submit to his leadership and help him in that way. But I think a good word to describe a woman is the compliment to a man. Yeah. Like Adam uh, would not be able to, uh, do what God commanded it to do. And that was be fruitful and multiply right. without Eve. Right. And so Eve was Adam's partner in ruling over creation and making sure that his line continued on. It's probably a good thing she was because we're not very good at organizing mm. us men. Mm. True that. You know, so we need, <laughs> she, she probably did a really good job of alphabetizing the animals. Mm. And <laughs> yeah, that's good. Uh, <laughs> um, but I really, women are obviously like an integral, integral part of creation. Yes. So, um, you know, God obviously thought that they, that they were needed and that's why they were created. And so um, I also want to highlight what you said, uh, that women are equal in value. Mm -hmm. um, I, I believe that the Bible teaches that women are equal in value to men, uh, but they have distinct roles, mm -hmm. which is what we've been talking about. And those roles don't make one gender superior to the other gender. It just means that we were created for different purposes. Right. Like you said, they complement yeah, each other exactly. in that respect. Exactly. And the fact that I think culture, um, 
has put an emphasis on leadership, um, authority, uh, just just the characteristics of men that men were meant to have as something that everyone should covet. That has uh, really just made us idolize the man's role and caused women to want to reach that themselves and not be content with the beautiful role that God created for us. It's all about perspective. Isn't exactly. It? Yeah. I mean, if you, if you view something as something that, that you think you should have, whether you've been mm-hmm. gifted with that or not, all that does is frustrate a person and then call that out of that frustration is birthed all of this craziness that we call culture and society. But when God created two genders, there was a reason why he created two genders because he also created and instituted two roles mm-hmm. for two genders. Yeah. A man, and again, I know that this is not popular today, but remember what we're doing. We're looking at these issues through the lens of scripture. A man doesn't have to try to be a woman, mm-hmm. nor should a woman try to be a man. Yeah. You know, uh, because God, that's not what God intended. Uh, he, he can, we can never process information like a woman can. Sorry, Tyler. We, we can try, but it just doesn't happen. Uh, but nor can a, a woman do some of the things that, that men can do. And so um, I just think that sometimes we, we do look at those roles and we think somehow that's got to be, I, I got to have that role. Mm-hmm. But maybe you're not gifted for that role. And that's, that's, that's true not just in the male-female relationships, true in churches. Uh, you know, there's probably people sitting in the congregation that think, man, I could pastor this church. But the truth is, you're not gifted to mm-hmm. do that. But yet, the more you desire that, and maybe even put wheels into motion to pursue that, the more frustrated you become. And then what needs to happen is that we've got to change the rules. Mm-hmm. Now we've got to change the rules to make sure that all these people can do what, quote unquote, I'm making air quotes now, what they want to <laughs> do rather than what they've been gifted mm-hmm. to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, There's no question, and I'm going to say it because he's here, <laughs> There's no question that Tyler has been gifted in the media ministry. I just just before we started recording, I told him uh, I was on vacation yesterday, but and so I watched the Facebook live, and it's just incredible what he does. What he's able to do is incredible. But now I guarantee you, there's people that think, "Well, I could do that," mm-hmm. you know. Uh, it, it's it, it's it's frustrating. Well, come on, I could use some help. <laughs> yeah, well, no, but not if they're not gifted to do right, it. Right, 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 right. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I was a, a music minister for 17 years, and had choirs in in that 17 years, and I would have people come and say, "I really want to be in the choir, but I can't sing." It's like, we we need ushers, you know. I mean, and so again, I'm not I'm not trying to distract from the topic because I think that part of what's going on is is that people are wanting to be something that they were not mm-hmm. created or gifted yeah, to do. for real. And, and I think it's, it's, well, it's led us into a bad it's place. It's not off topic because a role is a role. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to do it because <laughs> Allison doesn't know what that's from. No, I don't. Yeah. But, if we but, don't get no toes, we don't get no rows. No. But seriously, you know, it's, it's a good comparison and a good, you know. Well, I, 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 um, I was with a, a young man today who, who's not yet a teenager. And he was telling me about a friend um, who, who was, who's a, a, a young lady who's now decided she's, she's not a young lady anymore. She's transgendered. She's mm-hmm. changed her name. And she's 11 years old. Wow. wow. And, I'm, and, and that, that, to me, and again, 
We love everybody. I'm not a hater. Please don't stand outside our church and protest or anything like that. I, we, we love everybody. But we also believe in a biblical perspective of things. And there's a reason why God created men and God created women. I mean, if, if one gender could do it all, then he wouldn't have done that. Right. So I just think that when, but when a gender tries to do what they were not created to do and not gifted to do, I think that's where the, the tension, the tension really yeah. starts to build. Well, it's what we've been saying for the past few weeks. It's um, the fact that you, you're looking, instead of looking inward um, in our own sinful desires, we are looking outward and we're saying there's not a problem with me. There's a problem with God's design or there's a problem with God's word or there's a problem with God's world. God could have created this world to be, he did. He created this world to be exactly how he wanted it to be. He could have done whatever he wanted with it. He didn't even have to create marriage. He didn't have to create genders, but he did it in an intentional way in order to display his own glory. And I love this um, quote by John Piper. Um, I had to write it down to uh, tell you guys, but it says, "Uh, womanhood and manhood were not an afterthought or a peripheral thought in God's plan. God designed them precisely so that they would serve to display the glory of his son, dying to have his happy admiring bride. Mm -hmm. And so we see God's intentionality and, um, his majesty on display in the way that he created us and the way that he designed us to be. But obviously sin entered the world and causes us to want to rebel against that design. Um, But once we submit under God's will, that is when we find ourselves in harmony with that and glorifying him through our lives. I don't remember who, who said it, but you know, in the beginning God created man and man's been trying to create God ever since. I mean, we've tried to remake him. We, I mean, in my opinion, this is just Terry Wagner's opinion, the whole issue of evolution, let's just take the whole issue of evolution is nothing more than trying to explain how we got here without God. Because if I can explain how I got here without God, then anything and everything I want to do is okay. Mm-hmm. There's, there's not really a, a moral standard. There's not really uh, a, an absolute truth. I mean, it's just, it's all evolving. And I think that society and culture, um, and you said it, you said it well, Allison, it, it just simply, you know, they want to change the rules. They want to change because now I deserve to get what I want, or I deserve to be happy, or I deserve. And the truth is, is that if we could search inside, and we could find that person that God intended us to be, man, the world would just be a better place if we could all find that person that God intended us to be. Not what mommy and daddy want us to be, not what, what schools want us to be. I mean, um, that commercial, uh, uh, maybe this is a shameless plug. Are we getting paid any money from Progressive mm, Insurance? Wish. Not yet. Yeah, well, <laughs> that, that those commercials with, I think, Dr. Rick unlearn your parents. I don't know if you've seen those or not, but you know, I think I want to do a sermon on like unlearn your religion, you know, because everybody thinks that they're entitled to something and that things need to change to make them happy. And, and it's just not, and I do think it applies here. You know, I, I I definitely think it applies here, but God created man and woman because he knew they were going to complement each other. It does not mean that one is better than the other. He said that, that he created the woman that was going to be suitable for, not inferior to. Yeah. And so we, I, I feel like that that's important for us to try to get our head wrapped around that. 
I'm yeah. sorry. I'm done. That's good. So um, what does scripture exactly teach us about the definition of biblical womanhood? Well, um, you know, there's, there's several answers, I think, to that question. And, but we'll just try to narrow it down as best we can. Um, the, the Bible's instruction for any woman who strives to be a biblical woman begins with her, number one, being born again. I mean, I think we need to be born again. Um, she must have that new uh, or become that new creature that Jesus talked about in John 15. And, and then the word must uh, be her final authority. And I know that that might seem like I'm taking away the male headship issue. I'm not. But she has to yield to, submit to a husband as unto the Lord. And that's what the Bible tells us to do. So she needs to be... Uh, subject to the authority of the Bible, if, mm -hmm. if, if she can do that, woman, a biblical woman uh, would do that. Um, if that authority is not clear to her, then uh, obviously uh, that's when husbands can come in and help lead their, their families and their wives. But uh, a common error, and I, and I did write this down, a common error in discussing biblical womanhood is to mix cultural stereotypes with spiritual or scriptural truth. I want to say that one more time. A common error in discussing biblical womanhood is to mix cultural stereotypes with scriptural truth. Um, and, and that mistake has, has caused millions of people, specifically women, um, and this is going to sound harsh, but hear me out, pursue dreams that, that maybe they're, they're not gifted to do. Mm. And, and so, yeah. um, that's a tough one because we live in a world in a society that, you know, it's all about this secular humanism. Look out for number one, mm -hmm. you know, look out for yourself, make sure that you do what you've got to do. But I think a biblical woman is, is a Christian who follows the authority of God's word and realizes that she has a responsibility for, uh, uh being part of the family not just having children, but raising those children in the fear and the admonition of the Lord alongside of her husband to do that. So um, it's more than a career path. It's more than these, these uh, fantasies that, that uh, you know, I wish I could do that or I wish I could do that. We, we were created to do th certain things. We were gifted to do certain things. And I, and I feel like... Um, and we're getting ready to do a big youth retreat this weekend, and I'm going to give part of it away because this won't be out before the weekend. <laughs> but one of the one of the statements I want to make is that when we dilute things, they they end up not looking like what they were supposed to look like. Mm -hmm. All right, when we dilute them, and I think that's what happened with, with genders, with with man and woman, with with male female. I mean, we just begin to dilute and mix all these roles together to where nobody can even see the difference any longer, you know? Mm. And, and so I, I be a Christian, follow the word of the Lord, help a husband to raise children. Uh, doesn't mean you can't have a career. Um, I'm just saying that, that you are gifted with a certain nurturing ability to, to help raise children that, that honestly men don't have. Men don't get pregnant. PSA. Uh, what? <laughs> I know that's crazy, right? Where'd you read that? Wow. <laughs> well, you, go ahead, say it. <laughs> I was just going to say, so that movie with Arnold Schwarzenegger was a lie. That was a lie. <laughs> it was on TV. 
Wow. Um, and then I would, the only thing I would add to that is, you know, the one scripture in Titus chapter 2 that says, Older women likewise are to be reverent in behavior, not slanderers slaves or slaves of wine, but they should teach what is good and train young women to mm. love their husbands and their children, be self-controlled, pure, working, kind, submissive. We, we just... Basically, what it boils down to, I think, is that we find scriptures like that. We don't like it. We just, mm. just kind of take it out of the Bible and say it's not there. Yeah. But it is there. Mm-hmm. As much as we want to believe Jesus died for us, God created us yeah. as male and female to complement each other and to accomplish things in the world that, that he wants us to accomplish. So. Yeah. That reminds me of a story I once heard of a progressive Christian um, author, I'm pretty sure it was, and um, she is a self-ascribed uh, homosexual. And she said that she came to a point in her faith journey where she took her Bible and she ripped out everything but the Gospels and threw them into the fire. And she held the Gospels close to her heart because she knew that was all she needed to be true. And um, I'm just here to tell you, just because you burn the words doesn't mean they're still not there. Yeah. That doesn't mean yeah. that the truth changes just because you're not looking at it. Yeah. Um, we embrace all of scripture because all of it is given to us by God, um, as the Bible says itself. But I really liked what you said about women who have pursued roles that probably were not meant for them to well, pursue. Yes, and men have too. And men have too, but, yes. But you were well, asking about Specifically about, about yeah. women, yes. Um, and I think it really just comes down to, like you said about biblical womanhood, we bring ourselves into subjection to the word of God. Mm-hmm. We don't let our desires rule over the authority of scripture. Mm-hmm. Maybe I do feel like I'm called to do this thing. If the Bible says that that is wrong, then I need to submit my feelings to that scripture and stand on that instead of my emotions, because that is not something that we can trust. We, we can't trust our emotions all the time. They, emotions are, are good and they they're created by God and they do help us help lead us in certain situations, but they're not steady and they're not something that we should base our entire lives around. What's it? Uh, Old Testament scripture that the heart is deceitful above mm-hmm. all who can know it. Yeah. I mean, uh, there's a lot of things and it's not necessarily that, that they're even bad. Uh, but I, I believe there are good things and I believe there are God things. And, you know, is it wrong for someone to want to be a missionary? Well, of course it's not wrong for somebody to want to be a missionary, but does that mean they're supposed to be a missionary? Yeah. You know, when I went to Nicaragua the first time, I came home and I told Vicky, I'm selling everything and I'm moving <laughs> to Nicaragua. I'm going to be a missionary. But that God's call for me was to pastor this church and to support the mission in mm-hmm. Nicaragua. And so, again, just if you just take that and, and take it to the family dynamic, uh, we, we got to know our roles. I mean, we got to know our roles. And uh, I think original sin... And there may be some people that would take me to task on this, TWAGNR at <laughs> gmail or TWAGNR977 at mm-hmm. gmail.com. Uh, I think original sin was selfishness. I, I think that, that Eve and Adam both just became selfish. And I think we still deal with that. And I think in that selfishness, there are times that we want something or we want to do something 
It's really not. It's not what we were called or gifted to do, but because of this of this selfishness that seems to dictate everything. That, that you know, it, it that that then becomes the problem, and then once that happens, and once it begins to dilute, 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 and pretty soon you don't you don't even know what the original role was all about. Mm-hmm. Now listen, I wish that I could cook a good pancake, mm. but somehow or other, too. I always end up burning <laughs> one side. Yeah. Yeah. Now, French toast, on the other hand, yeah. <laughs> I got that down. But what but point is, I apparently do not have not been right. gifted with the ability to cook. Right. Well, <laughs> and, I, I think I think that that's a good analogy. And somebody will say, "Well, you could be taught. You could be taught to cook. You know, and 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 maybe in some instances we can be taught certain things. But then, you know, there's other things that that there's a reason why there's yeah. a a man and a woman. There's a reason why. Uh, it's not accident. It was not a big bang. Uh, I, again, I think that that goes, and I think we covered it all the way back in season one. You know, that I think the reason that depression and anxiety is so high in today's world is because we come into the, this world asking three questions. Where did I come from? Why am I here? And where am I going? Well, the person who does not believe in a creator can't answer those questions. Yeah. And so you struggle with it, and you struggle with it, and you struggle with it. The simple fact is I came from the Lord before I was born. My, the Lord knew me. Before I was even formed in my mother's womb, he knew me. Why am I here? To know him, to make him known. Where am I going? Well, I'm going to go spend eternity with him someplace called heaven. I don't know if it's up there somewhere, right. but I know it's with him. Uh, and so because I can answer those questions, then I can have more clarity on what my role is as a father, as a husband, as a pastor, uh, as a podcaster. <laughs> is that a real word? Yes. Sure. It is? It is. It is. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Look at me. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Now, I do I do want to say really quick that I know I used cooking there, and I did not mean that in a sexist way. <laughs> I just I just want to put that out there. <laughs> Don't cancel Tyler. <laughs> Don't cancel me. It was just the Disclaimer. first thing that came to my head because I always mess up the pancakes. Yeah, we get but, you. But the, the point is I'm not going to... Sp- I'm not going to spend a lot of time trying to become some fancy cook when there are other things that come more naturally mm-hmm. than I've been gifted with. Yeah, that's that was good. my point. That's good. So, if we ascribe to male headship, what exactly is the woman's role in the family? Well, we're talking about through the lens of scripture, right? Mm-hmm. Just saying. So, I just made a quick list uh, availability. I mean, again, if we have male headship, what's a woman's role in the family? Available. A woman should be present. Uh, uh, involvement, interacting, discussing, thinking, processing life together with the husband and children. Teaching. Teach the scriptures. Teach a biblical worldview. Um, t- teach a biblical worldview. Teach a biblical <laughs> worldview. Teach a biblical worldview. Well, I'm just going to let Johnny figure it out on his own. <sighs> <laughs> It's, listen, that, that's not, that was not the plan. Mm-hmm. Again, yeah. that sounds noble. That sounds great. Yeah. I'm just going to let them figure it out on their own. That's not the plan. Yeah. That's a dilute, fake, that's fake. diluting it, right? That's dil- and to where now we don't even know what it looks like anymore mm-hmm. because we're going to let Johnny figure it out on his own. We're going to let kindergartners in California mm-hmm. tell their teacher that they can't call them uh, by a boy or a girl. Yeah. That they have to come up with mm-hmm. these other uh, nouns to to describe. Secularism uh, is a religion. 
in it itself. Is. It is. No doubt. Someone is teaching your children. Let's if hope you, it's you. <laughs> well, and, and if you don't, somebody else somebody is. Somebody else will, yeah. Whether that's, whether that's academia, mm-hmm. whether that's the media, whether that's their friends, mm-hmm. somebody's teaching them. Yeah. And, I, and I, I think we talked about this on, on the other podcast did, or on the yeah. other episode, too, is that regardless, they are going to learn or decide on their own. But do, don't you want to be one of those voices that they're hearing? Hopefully a prominent voice. I mean, let's, let's, let's go to the, uh, one of the hot buttons in our world today, racism. Children are not born racists. They, they learn that. They're taught that. Now, whether, whether they're taught that by their parents or something, parents' responsibility is to teach that we're all created equal. Yeah. That, that, that it's not about the color of anyone's skin. It's not about their socioeconomic status. It's not about whether there's a D or an R after their name. It's none of that. But we have parents who are going to let the kids figure it out on their own. Mm-hmm. And, and we're paying the price for that. Um, you know, cities that are literally being destroyed because I, and I'll sit here and say, because parents did not teach their children what they should have taught them. So a mother uh, that ascribes to the male headship, the role is availability, involvement, teaching, training, discipline. Um, Oh my goodness. Do we have an episode on discipline? No, No? so I can spend a minute here. Are you going to talk about whoopings? Well, no, I'm going to leave that word out. I know we have done that. A lot. But I do think think that one one of the greatest um, uh, catalysts to the problems that we see in the world today is lack of discipline in the home. Yeah. Um, and in the church. And in the church and in school. In school. In the school. Yeah. Yeah. Listen. In, in the world. It's just tricky. I'm not going to use the word whooping, but I did get paddled <laughs> in school. Well, you can't do that no more, right? Um, but I think a lack of discipline. You can't even raise your voice to a student anymore. I mean, it's just, it's, if you just look at some of the stuff that's going on, we know, we know in our heart of hearts that it's wrong. We know it's wrong. But the selfishness that rises up in us, that if you do something I don't like, I'll just shoot you. Yeah. That's just crazy. crazy. Mm-hmm. It's crazy to me. Uh, but I think that that goes back to lack of uh, family structure, for one. But then within that family structure, you can have the structure, but if you don't have the discipline, even the Bible says that God disciplines those he loves, mm-hmm. right? Well, I'm just going to let Susie, I'm going to let her just, no, discipline, <laughs> discipline your children. Uh, and then, you know, they don't discipline their kids and things go crazy. Then they call the church. Hey, you need to help me because my kids, it starts at home with the family structure with, with a mother and a father uh, and that mother there to help discipline, teach the fear of the Lord, uh, drawing a line of consistency and, and, and disciplining their children. I think they're there to nurture. Mm. I, I definitely believe that, that uh, women have a better giftedness of nurturing yes. than, than men do. I mean... Um, and more patience. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> um, and I think it's a I think it's a God given yeah. gift that mm-hmm. that women just they they know how to nurture, uh, provide that environment for the constant support and uh, acceptance, affection, all those things that that they teach in that and modeling. I think a mom, a, a biblical woman that's that has ascribed to male headship, they have to model mm, uh, in good. their home. You know, 
Uh, I don't, I'm not talking about a catwalk, <laughs> although that's okay. That's what you want. I'm talking about living what you say. Yeah. Model for your children what it is to be a biblical person, mm-hmm. woman or man. Uh, so a woman who, who is cho- was chosen to give birth to the Son of God, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so there's obvious, uh, though equal, men and women have different roles in the family. And so that's, those are the things that I kind of wrote down when it came to what, what is a woman's role in the family. Now, again, let me just asterisk. Um, that, that does not mean that a woman cannot have a career. It doesn't mean a woman can't do something um, that, that's outside the home. But but I do think that they cannot neglect mm, yeah, that. Yeah, that's their primary home. responsibility. Yeah. And and I, again, I think we're seeing the result of of too much of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, when we look at what's going on in society, um, so First Corinthians eleven and three. Let me just throw a scripture in here since we're looking at the lens of scripture. <laughs> Uh, but I want you to understand that the head of every man is Christ. Hmm. Okay? The head of every wife is her husband. And the head of Christ is God. Now, if you look at that, everybody's got somebody over them. Mm-hmm. You know? And so I think that the, the woman's role is to come alongside, be equal with her husband, help to raise children fear and admonition of the Lord, to model it for them, to be able to discipline them, to be able to instruct them and nurture them. Uh, and in the end, let that family be a picture of really the church or even uh, the, the Trinity, if you want to look at it that way. You know, man is subject, Christ is over the man. Man uh, is, is, has held male headship over the woman and God is over Christ. So, I mean, it, it's... It's a biblical thing about this thing called submission, and I know that we're going to get into that in a minute, but it's it's not a cuss word. Mm-hmm. It's really not. Yeah, I think that's I think that's really good. Um, I also like to consider the fact that marriage. I think one of the most important factor in choosing a spouse, I feel, is whether or not you can glorify God more in a, in being partnered with this person in ministry or being on your own. And if that is true, then that's the person you need to marry. There's a lot of other factors, obviously, but that's so important. And the fact that the marriage is a partnership and the woman has such a unique role to help not only nurture her children, but also nurture um, her husband and foster the gift of leadership in him and encourage him to succeed in his role as a leader Mm -hmm. and in whatever ministry he is in, she is meant to be his helpmate. Mm -hmm. And in, in return, uh, the man is to lay his life down for his wife. I mean, we've gone over this already. And if you think we are leaving out, like, what is the man supposed to be doing? Go back to the last episode because we already talked about it. But, um, there, there's something really, really just beautiful about that. I think as a partnership, Well, and somebody once said, marry someone who loves Jesus more than they love you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that's, that's, that's probably good. Yeah. So my favorite question. Oh, <laughs> that means it's a tough one. <laughs> How has culture twisted the meaning of female submission? Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. Well, um, Google's dictionary definition Google's. of uh, submission is this. The action or fact of accepting or yielding to a superior force 
or to the will or authority of another person. Submitting means putting others before yourself. That definition that Google gave is a contemporary, culture-driven, anti-Bible, really, mm. d definition. Because we've already said that a woman completes a man, right? Mm -hmm. But they said you're yielding yourself to a superior force. No, that that's not that's not biblical submission. Submitting means putting others before yourself. It means not always doing what you want to do. I want to be the pastor. Well, that's not your gift, and so uh, it means putting God's desires before your desires. That word makes a lot of people, including Christians, very uncomfortable. Submission. I'm going to say it. 15 times mm -hmm. in the next 15 seconds. Submission, submission, submission. Um, it, it makes a lot of people uncomfortable. They squirm. They murmur against it. They, they consider it an apparent injustice. But somewhere along the line, we have come to this false notion of what submission really means. And, and so I think because of the attack on the Bible, attack on Christians, uh, we've come to think this, of submission as being oppressive, mm -hmm. being to push down somebody. Uh, when the topic comes up, the worldly point, the world will point to Paul's passage in Ephesians, which says, wives, submit to your own husbands. And they just read that and they cry foul. That's not fair. Wives, submit to your husbands. That's not fair. But like you said just a minute ago, you know, there's more to the scripture than yeah. that. There's a lot more to the scripture that they brand the verse as sexist. They ran about the passages justification for husbands mistreating and abusing their wives, which is not what the passage says. And I would be totally against that. Uh, they insist that these words prove that the church expects women to stay married uh, and stay at home. And it's not, but that's not a biblical understanding of submission. If you really want to understand submission, it, it, it tells us that we are to submit to Christ. And, I, and again, I know that I've, Use this analogy before, but why do I submit to Christ? I submit to Christ because I know how much he loves me. How much did he love me? He laid his life down for me. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church, even laying your life down for her. Mm. Um, the real quick story, after about six or seven years, Vicki and I were going different directions. She got the kids, went to her mom's. And one of the biggest problems was I was very self-centered. I know that's hard for you guys to believe. What? I know. <laughs> Uh, I played softball five nights a week, and then I went away on the weekends to sing in a Southern Gospel Quartet. And Vicky's at home by herself raising these two kids, and that's not that wasn't the plan. That wasn't what's, what was supposed to work. So I was not laying my life down for her. I was just living life the way I wanted to live mm -hmm. it. And so if, if a husband will love his wife as Christ loved the church, even laying his life down for for her, a wife has no problem submitting to that. Mm -hmm. I double dog guarantee that no woman would have a problem with a husband no. that loved her like that yeah. of submitting to him. Mm -hmm. The problem is husbands are not loving their wives as Christ loved the church too often. And so therefore a wife feels like that she's released from that. I said all that to get to this. <laughs> it does not say Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church if. It does not say that. It does not say, wives, submit to your husbands if. This is Paul painting the model mm -hmm. of, what it of should how be. it should be. Yeah. That's, that's what he's doing. Yeah. And so a faithful husband will lay his life down for his wife. He's not a tyrant. He's not an ogre. He's not trying to force his way over her. 
that, that's not what that is. Uh, Paul exhorts the husband to love his wife as he loves his own body. He equates the husband's care of his wife to even how Christ cares for the church. And if a husband will do that, then submission really is not, not an issue. The problem is, is that culture has attacked that verse. Culture has attacked the church. And the church has not stood up and said, no, that's not what that means. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean that they have to be subject to someone who's superior. To, we, we don't. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I grew up in a legalistic Pentecostal church. I never heard a, a pastor say that. I never heard a pastor say uh, that the male was superior to the female and that the, and, and I mean, they, they taught some other things that were kind of <laughs> crazy, but, um, but I never heard that. Yeah. But society wants, it, wants the rest of their society mates to think that the church thinks that a woman should be held down, mm-hmm. pressed down, held back, barefoot in the kitchen. No, 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 no. That's, that's, we're not saying that at all. We're saying the model is... Husbands are uh, should submit to Christ, who's over them. Wives should submit to husbands, because a husband's going to lay his life down for you. Yeah, and that Jesus submits to God. So, um, I think that that's that's where we need to to kind of focus in is that it's the model of how it's supposed mm-hmm. to be. Yeah, and that's not to say that the church itself hasn't not the church. I don't want to say the church because it's not the church. It's not to say that people claiming to be in the church have not used that passage to manipulate um, that headship and submission to abuse women because it has happened in the name of Christ. And what I would say to that is those people were not true Christians Mm -hmm. because they're not reading their Bible the right way. And so what PT is doing is he's pointing back to the text. We're not pointing back to human... um, past experiences. This is not like a model that was set up by uh, humans who are sinful. This was a model instituted by God himself um, in his perfection and his holiness. Mm -hmm. And so this is what we look to as our standard. We don't look to past indiscretions as that. Um, But I have this book here that I've been reading. It's called Love Thy Body by Nancy Piercy. It's really, really good. Um, She covers issues like transgenderism, abortion, um, hookup culture, all that jazz in from a biblical worldview. And in this passage, she is talking about the context in which Paul was writing this passage in Ephesians and his later passage in 1 Corinthians. Um, but she said, in ancient Greek and Roman culture, it was widely accepted that husbands would have sex with mistresses, concubines, slaves, prostitutes, both male and female. An ancient Athenian saying was, wives are for legal heirs, prostitutes are for pleasure. In Rome, the taxes collected from prostitution constituted a significant portion of the royal treasury. By contrast, the church fathers wrote sermons urging husbands not to have sex with slaves or prostitutes. These practices were not easy to eradicate. In Roman culture, sexual violence against poor and powerless women was widely accepted because they were regarded as social non-persons. They were thought to not have any legal rights that could be violated. Beginning in the fifth century, Christian leaders finally began to wield enough political influences to pass laws against sexual slavery. And so she goes on to say that the reliable index of the Christianization of a culture was the fact that they had laws against mm-hmm. yeah. sexual slavery. Right. That was how you, you could tell 
that a society had been permeated by Christian culture was the fact that they outlawed practices like prostitution and um, sexual slaves. Um, So she said, Christians must once again become countercultural. This was the context that that passage was written in. Mm -hmm. This was revolutionary at the time. Um, Jesus equated the man and the woman in a one flesh union in first Corinthians seven, three through four. And that has never, that had never, never been said before. So this, this revolutionary concept of male headship and female submission and the man laying his life down for his wife was something that was revolutionary. Mm -hmm. And so I really think that culture has caused us to look at the biblical sex ethic as something that is so ancient and out of date and, you know, something that is not best for women. Mm -hmm. It oppresses them, like you said, but really this is one of the reasons why Christianity was so attractive yeah. to women in the beginning. We even go back, what I said to even start us off, which I know we got to finish here in just a second. When you dilute things down, they eventually get to a point where you don't recognize them anymore. But to get them back to the point of what they were in their genesis is to get rid of those things that diluted them. Here's a perfect example. In the beginning, God created man and woman to be one, to be in a relationship, to be one. They became one flesh. Diluted, 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 all of a sudden we get to, you know, whatever, 200 B.C. to two or 300 A.D., and you have these practices. Mm-hmm. Well, that's because things got diluted to the point where it was acceptable mm-hmm. by the culture, acceptable by the society to for a man to have his concubines or to have, you know, uh, the prostitution even in the temple. Um, and then Jesus comes along, he tries to remove the things that diluted it to get us back to what was original, mm-hmm. what the original design was, which was man and woman, a man leaves his father and mother, become one of his wife, they become one flesh, they replenish the earth, uh, and that's the design. And so um, instead of looking at it, and I, I love the way she said that, it, that we need to now become countercultural because culture has gotten back to mm-hmm. that For pretty real. much. Yeah. You know, and now we've got to, to try to do what Jesus did in yeah. those few years that he was able to, to try to come against that. Yeah. And so, and I think if people go back and study some history, they'd find out how influential the church was in a lot of things that have been beneficial. Yeah. A lot of things. Um, but instead, because the church asks me to give up things that I don't want to give up, I have to, you know, come against that. I have to bash that. I have to to show how bad and wrong that is so that I can continue to do what I want to do. And what we need to do is go back to the original design of it all and, and do it the way God wanted, wanted it done in, in the beginning. Yeah. The terms might have changed over time, but it's the same. We're facing the same issue that the early church faced yeah. uh, with the sexual revolution. Yeah. And it, it's really a call to arms because it's just going to get harder from here. So the church really just needs to rise up, know your Bible and be able to defend it well, Yeah. just, and live it out, live it out faithfully and joyfully because God has given us this perfect design, um, as a gift. He didn't, he didn't have to, he didn't have to do that. And he didn't have to give us such a beautiful picture of him pursuing his bride mm-hmm. that we get to reflect. We get to glorify God in that reflection. Mm-hmm. And uh, we really just need to embrace that and, and live it. Yeah. But. Wow. She said it so well. <laughs> yeah. 
I really, I really love talking about this because it's something that I'm pretty passionate about, I guess. Couldn't tell. Could hardly tell. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you were here in the studio with us, yeah, you, you could see could her tell. cheeks are red right now. It's really hot in here. Oh, no, no. You were just, you You're were great to fired preach. up. Yeah. <laughs> That's offering time. Oh, man. Send in your, do- no, I'm just kidding. Right. And we can get some <laughs> Gotta merch. Gotta get that merch. <laughs> we gotta get the merch. Just saying. Well, yeah, just saying. I mean... <laughs> I think it'd be pretty cool if we had merch. Let me, let me, I know we got to quit. Let me just say one thing. You quoted from a book, so I got to quote from you. Oh, go ahead. Uh, His Brain, Her Brain, written by uh, Walt and Barb uh, Larimore. Here, here, it was a great line. The hormonal influence and hardwiring of each spouse is designed to complement and strengthen the other. As a man loves his wife, she is more willing to respect him. Let me just read the first line one more time. The hormonal influence and hardwiring of each spouse is designed to complement and strengthen the other. Mm-hmm. And, and I think if we could get back to that original design, man, this the world would be a better place. Yeah. Be and better we would place. be better people. We would. Yeah. Amen. Um, so thank you guys so much for joining us. Uh, I hope you enjoyed that. I hope it was edifying to you and you got some new perspectives maybe, but send us your questions. I know some people must have questions about this because I could talk forever. Um, (laughs) But send in your questions to twagner977 at gmail.com and hopefully we'll be able to get around to answering them. Um, And join us next week as we continue to talk about the family and God's design for it. Yeah. Come back and see us soon. (laughs) 